you travel for a living and struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle like I do, or maybe you just struggle to stay healthy in general. This is the Road to Health podcast, and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. I travel for business often, which presents some challenges in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my dreams and goals a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing a healthier mindset, I'm managing to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me for this ride on the road to health. Well-traveled, well-lived. Are you tired of starting and stopping a new diet in hopes that this will be the last time? Hey guys, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. So glad you could join me today. Before we get into it, uh, this is episode number three of my Hope Elevated series. I want to say a special happy birthday to my dad. It is his birthday tomorrow, July 14th, and it is also the launch of my book, Hope Elevated. I did that on purpose in case you're wondering. I thought it would be a special day to book off of work and spend some time with my dad and managing the book launch. So if you could, to help me out, I would appreciate it so much. Go to amazon.ca. You can look up Hope Elevated or if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, I will have a link for you there. 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Just head on over to amazon.com or amazon.ca and you can pick up Hope Elevated for only 99 cents. And I'll be doing that up until Friday. So you can purchase the book for only 99 cents until Friday. And then to top that off, I have also launched my new course called Mindset Roadmap, which is the methods that I have used to achieve my goals, I'm going to share with you. So if you buy the book, there is a special link in there for you to get 20% off of that course. There's two options, one which is just a standard basic program that takes you through all the steps that I use to achieve my goals. And then there's also an option to add some additional coaching with myself. And so make sure you check that out. Buy the book on Amazon tomorrow, July 14th at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So first off, I want to thank all of you that have tuned in to this Hope Elevated series that I'm doing. This is episode number three, and today I'm going to talk about my dieting history. Wasn't a pretty one, and uh, if you pick up the book tomorrow, you'll be able to read a little bit more in depth about that as well. But for me, food is also an addiction because when I quit drinking and using drugs, I shifted to first health, you know, um, going to the gym six, seven days a week became an addiction for me. Eating, you know, broccoli, rice and chicken every day became an addiction for me. You know, obsessing about those treat meals every weekend, same thing, right? So Um, I truly believe that addiction comes in so many forms. And for me, it was, you know, not only drugs and alcohol, but it was also my behaviors. You know, I was in codependent relationships. I'm going to get into that in a later episode. But, uh, you know, my food, diet pills, all that kind of stuff. It was just crazy. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I grew up um, fairly thin 
and athletic. I played soccer for years, um, had a great relationship with my dad because of it. And in high school, when I was trying to find, you know, where I fit in, I would join every single sport I could, right? And I tried to always stick with the ones that I was good at because I was looking for that recognition. But for the most part, I was never overweight in high school. And interestingly enough, the first time I had experienced any sort of bullying, um, because eventually I would kind of turn into that bully, was a couple boys that made fun of me on the way home and told me I looked like a boy. Um, that probably was because I got my hair cut really short. That's a whole different story. We won't get into that. Um, but I got my hair cut short and they said I had a big butt. And I remember from that moment on, I went home and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was crying and I just thought, really? Like, am I, you know, I, cause I, I was fairly thin. I mean, I wasn't overweight. I was athletic. And so I didn't understand how, you know, somebody could be so mean and say that I had a big butt. So I think my self-esteem really just tanked after that. And I was really worried about my body image. And of course, I had started drinking shortly thereafter. In my younger years, I actually started my work life at McDonald's and I, you know, I would eat there every day and it's amazing that I didn't gain any more weight than I did. And actually during that four years, I didn't gain any extra weight at all, which was incredible. Um, but I ate fast food every single day. And, you know, of course, your metabolism doesn't stay that fast uh, at the older you get. And I just remember because of the excessive amount of alcohol I was consuming, which was, you know, anywhere between 1800 to it could be four or 5000 calories per day, that obviously is going to add the weight. And so in my mid 20s about was when I finally decided, okay, enough's enough. I had uh, gained some weight. And this was after a very traumatic event that I had experienced. I was in a, a really terrible relationship for four years. Um, I am going to get into that in a future episode as well. Um, but after that, you know, I had probably put on about 40 pounds, maybe a little bit more. And I was, I, I just, I, I really wanted to get rid of it. And I tried these quick, you know, I tried Atkins, I tried all this stuff early on, nothing really stuck. Um, I couldn't lose any of the weight. And so uh, my boss and I actually decided at the time that we were going to join Weight Watchers, which was a really, really great program. It is a great program. Um, but that is the first time I actually, you know, had a real diet plan. I remember going to my first Weight Watchers meeting. Uh, my boss and I went. We actually ended up going during lunch hour, I believe it was, because it worked out very conveniently for both of us. And I was just pumped. I mean, part of it was when I signed up back in the day, it's a lot different now, so I might be aging myself here, but you got this big ass book of all the different foods that you could consume and what the points were. So it ran on a point system, which is actually genius. Um, and so depending on how much you weighed in, you would, you know, walk into the, the room, you would sign in, they would do your weight, and then you would partake in the meeting. And 
the first day, of course, I got all this free stuff and I was super excited, I think mostly because I got all this free stuff. And so I went home and I was on a mission. I was determined. And so I actually figured out right away what kind of groceries I had to go buy, what was the best food to make. You know, I was I was determined, right? I was going to lose this weight. And so I kept at it pretty much 100% over the first month. And I was happy with the results uh, for the first couple of weeks because, of course, in the beginning of a diet, as we know, you tend to lose a lot of water weight. And so it looks like you're just killing it. Um, but then, of course, around the 10-pound uh, loss mark, things started to plateau a bit. And I was a little frustrated. And I think it was maybe a couple weeks back to back where my weight really didn't change. And even though that's perfectly normal, and I realize that now... Back then, I thought, you know what? Okay, time to go to extremes. So I went home and I opened up that big book of mine and I started to look at kind of what I had been eating that was really low points and also um, what would be really easy, right? I thought, okay, I'm going to be really strategic about this. I don't care if I have to eat the same thing every day. Um, so I looked back at my previous meal plans that I had made up and what points and the first thing I thought of was you know what popcorn microwavable popcorn it was one point and I think I had about 36 37 points total um, if I went for a walk so probably about 31 at the time and uh, so I decided popcorn for breakfast popcorn for lunch occasionally I would entertain going out for a veggie burger at lunch but most of the time popcorn popcorn I would have a diet coke or two in between there because I need a little bit of flavor in my day and then when I got home because at that time I think it's changed don't uh, quote me on this it's been a long time since I've done Weight Watchers um, at the time if you did exercise you could add to those points so I would go for an hour walk every day after work and that would give me an extra six points which gave me 37 total and um, I ended up cooking up a veggie patty I didn't even have a bun on it um, I would have seven oven baked fries yes I would count out seven of them and if I decided to give up a beer I would usually have a little dollop of mayo because I'm Dutch and we love mayo with our fries. So here's the real reason why I did this because the first month, um, like I do with everything, I go all in and I, because I was eating more than enough food that would keep me full, of course, I didn't have a lot of extra room for alcohol and a regular beer at that point because I drank a lot of beer was three points. If I had light beer, it was two points, but of course I'd have to drink a lot more of them. So I figured if I planned it this way, I would have plenty of points left over to drink as much as I wanted to in the evening. So I would have anywhere between six or eight to sometimes 18 beers per night. It just depended on the evening. And I was able to stick to my points. Now, interestingly enough, of course, I lost um, a good chunk of weight. I, I think I did this for a few months and I was super pumped except of course then again it started to stall and I was getting really bored of just having popcorn and veggie, veggie patties and oven baked french fries every day 
Um, of course, the beer was an added bonus because at least it helped me get through it. But I was getting desperate and I did not, I could not sustain this. Like I had taken this to such extremes, but I wanted to go one step further. One day after one of our meetings, I decided I was going to head on over to the mall. I went to a supplement store and I asked the clerk, what is your best diet pills? And she said, okay, here's our selection. She went over a few with me and I said, what's your strongest? So she showed me these pack of pills and they had ephedrine in it. I believe at the time you couldn't actually ship um, straight ephedrine up to Canada from the U.S. Um, So it was just a, a different version of it. And so she said, have you used diet pills before? I'm like, yeah, of course I had, right? Because I wasn't going to tell her I hadn't. So I would have to endure this lecture. I just knew that I needed to kick it up a notch. And I was really excited. She said, here's how you take them. Instructions are on the back. Good luck. I thanked her, went home. Now, I will tell you something that when you decide to take diet pills, which is never a good idea, there is no magic pill I have learned. And you know, for the last year of my success when it comes to my weight, no no pills or supplements have been included in that. Um, When you're already malnourished and you're not eating enough calories, it does so much damage to your body. And, you know, I couldn't have any that night because, of course, it was a little late and it would have kept me up all night. But the next morning, I went to work. I was all excited. I had my bag of popcorn because I wanted to make sure I had a little food in my belly. And I decided to take the diet pills. And of course, I took the max dose that you could at the time, which I believe was three pills. And shortly after, I started sweating profusely. Like, I was so uncomfortable and I was so glad I was in this kind of um, glassed off cubicle so nobody could actually see me. I would literally go out into the shop and take a walk so I could get some fresh air because I was so incredibly hot and sweaty And my heart was pounding, like it was racing. I felt like my heart was literally going to beat out of my chest. Now, you might be asking yourself, please tell me that you don't take your second dose. And I wish I hadn't, but I did, of course, because don't forget, guys, I'm an addict and an alcoholic. And so... My addictive personality was willing to do whatever it took to lose that weight, right? Because it was all about how I felt. And I figured that if I could change who I was on the outside, it would fix who I was on the inside. And so, of course, at lunch, I had another bag of popcorn, had my diet pills. And I just, I did this day in and day out for at least a month. And I just, I couldn't sleep at night. I remember getting home and being awake most of the evening. It was terrible. I'd have to smoke a joint to make sure I fell asleep. I took sleeping pills. So of course, the diet pills mixed with the low calorie content content mixed with the alcohol and as well the sleeping pills. It's actually amazing that I'm still alive just from that very experience there, let alone everything else that I've done to my body. But I remember... Um, I just felt that I was really close. I had weighed myself a few days prior and I tried to make sure I didn't weigh myself all the time. And so my boss and I went to the meeting and I just knew, right, that day was going to be the day. I was going to hit my goal and I could go back to my previous lifestyle. And I remember walking in and we had a little card with a stamp. Um, So every time you would log your weight, they would stamp and they would... um, 
put your weight on there and I stood up on the scale and I was so proud because I just felt it. I felt that I was there, right? I was super pumped. And that was the first day actually I hadn't taken any of the diet pills. And the lady looked up from behind the counter and she had this big smile on her face and she stamped it. I got my little gold star and of course the meeting they announced that I had hit my goal weight and I was really excited but you know what? I wasn't going back to a meeting. I can tell you that. I decided perfect, right? And so, of course, I ended up going out that weekend. I went to go celebrate. My body just rejected all the food that I was eating, but I didn't care. I drank as much as I could. I ate as much as I could. I just absolutely binged that very next weekend. Pretty much right after that, I had met my um, husband or would be soon to be husband, now ex-husband at the time. And I was feeling good, right? I was still going for walks for a little bit there, but even that started to taper off because I thought, you know what, I've hit my goal. And I was so exhausted. My body was so unbelievably drained that I had absolutely no willpower left in the tank. I couldn't do it anymore. And so I decided I deserve a break. Everything's going to be fine. This time will be different. This time... It's, it's going to just stay off. I'm not going to gain weight again, right? And don't forget, guys, this was the first time I had gained a good chunk of weight and lost it. Um, up until that point, of course, I had tried. I tried like soup diets. I've tried juice cleanses. I've tried all sorts of things, but I always wanted that quick fix. So Weight Watchers was the first legit weight loss program. And I do recommend Weight Watchers, just not for someone who's as manipulative as me, and used it, uh, basically manipulated the system so that I could drink and remain, you know, my alcoholic behaviors. And so, you know, after I got married and, you know, I'll get into that story in a future episode as well, I started to put on the weight again um, because I wasn't really doing much in terms of being active. Um, I had never really had much interest in going to the gym at the time. And my ex and I, would he was an amazing cook and he's probably still an amazing cook to this day but you know he would make us this amazing dinner sometimes it would be steak sometimes it would be homemade burgers with bacon and chipotle mayo and he just went all in and then you know we would have a bunch of drinks together we'd smoke a couple joints and we would order a medium pizza that we would share late at night and we're not talking like just the thin pizza we're talking about that thick almost deep dish style pizza and we would finish that and we did that all the time and of course we drank all the time together so therein started my bouncing from one diet to another to another and I would always go extreme Um, I tried diet pills all sorts of different pills and I would take 10 pounds off I would gain 20 pounds you know, I would lose 20, I would gain 30. And that is when I really started yo-yo dieting. And I think actually even one time in between there, I tried to do Weight Watchers again. Um, but I just, I, I wasn't ready to actually have a good relationship with food. I was still super, super manipulative. Shortly before I sobered up, I remember just feeling like I was at my bottom. I talked about this in the first episode of this series where I was sitting on the floor uh, with my dog looking at me with some pain pills 
and I just wanted to die. I weighed 215 pounds, which is the most that I had ever weighed in my life. And I, I just, I, I was so disgusted with myself because even though, you know, I knew how much I weighed and I desperately wanted to lose weight. I remember when my husband was away or he was out, I would sneak off and go and grab fast food because it was right across the street from us and I would hide the evidence, you know. I have even stopped on the way home from work before and grabbed a bag of McDonald's, sat in the parking lot, ate it, got out of the car to get rid of the evidence and then go home and have dinner with my family. And it's insane. Like I, I just, I would go and, you know, buy a bag of chips and just eat it in my car and I would go and hide it. And so my behaviors around food was just, it was that, um, I really think it was just that instant gratification, right? Once I started eating a bag of chips or donuts or anything, I couldn't stop because it's what that sugar triggered me to do. So right before I got sober, I had called up the trainer um, that I shared about in my first episode and I went at it. And of course, I went very extreme. I did six to seven days a week working out, you know, which is healthy to a point. It was unhealthy because I didn't give myself any balance. You know, I didn't give myself any days off and it took so much willpower to keep that up. And of course, I ate clean, you know, six days a week, and then I would have one treat meal on the weekends, and I obsessed about it, right? I was going to do it right, and we did it right. And a lot of times, I would have those meals with my trainer and her family um, because I had, you know, separated from my husband. And so I was having a great time, you know, I was um, got sober right after that. I hit my 75 pound weight loss in, I believe it was February of 2013. And everything was right in the world again. You know, I had done it, but I had done it again with some fairly extreme behavior. You know, I'm not going to say that, you know, the clean eating plan that I did was anything wrong with it because it wasn't. It was how, again, Uh, my relationship to food was at the time you know I could have been so much more creative when it came to clean eating instead I just thought nope this is all I'm eating exactly like I did back in Weight Watchers where I just stuck to the popcorn the oven baked fries and the veggie patty I did the same thing right and had I walked into that you know listening to my trainer and actually being a little bit more creative and grilling my veggies and doing all that kind of stuff I'm sure I would have been able to maintain that, you know, clean eating lifestyle. But unfortunately, because again, I took everything to the extreme, I wasn't able to sustain it. And so of course, as soon as I hit that weight loss goal, I went out with uh, one of my workout buddies, we had been training together the entire year, and we lost about the same amount of weight. And our trainer had warned us, you know, if you do this, and you go down this path, it's going to be hard to, you know, come back if you keep this up and we just thought no it's just going to be one night it'll be fine and we went to celebrate and it was an amazing evening had so much fun but guess what guys next day I had such a wicked food hangover that I used food to get rid of that food hangover and I just thought you know what I'm exhausted the my willpower tank is completely drained I don't have any more energy to do this I don't want to go to the gym And so I started taking my foot off the gas again and I started to experience complacency and this time 
it came in my sobriety. You know, you would think that previously, you know, alcohol had maybe played a role, but it wasn't. It was because I did not have a good relationship with food and I didn't learn how to be creative and be, you know, open-minded with what I ate and also very careful about what I consumed and what triggered me. You know, that was much later that I would have to find that out. But instead, I decided that I was going to go through a few years of being complacent. So that leads us right into January of 2019. I had put on about 40 pounds since I lost the initial 75 back in 2012 and I just I started feeling it you know I always wanted to wear hoodies because I wanted to cover my midsection up I mean I thought oh man I've got that you know muffin top going on and my belt loop you know every time it would go one notch and I was I reached that last notch and even then I'd have to yank it close my belt just so it would stay on. And I hated that feeling, right? I just thought, man, I know what it's like to lose the weight and to feel good. And I had done a lot of work on myself in the meantime, because of course, you know, I had become sober. And so this journey is never ending. You're always working on yourself. You're always trying to make your past right. I knew that I wanted a better career. I wanted to help people for a living. So I had all these things going on in my life that were really good except the one thing I really didn't work on was my relationship with food. And so in um, early 2019 is when I was introduced to podcast from my best friend and her husband. And that is where I found Adam Shibley from the Million Pound Mission. And I joined his group and through Adam's coaching and we're still, I still have him as a coach today, He has taught me how to plan. He's also taught me how to recognize what he calls danger zones, which are what are things that are coming up? I like to call them roadblocks. Um, What are things that are coming up in your life that you have to plan for, right? And for me, on top of that, what I started to do was I'm used to, when it came to my sobriety, writing out my story right? Figuring out, okay, what are my patterns? What are the things I always run up against that are just continue to happen, right? And I keep doing the same things, expecting different results. So I started to really like kind of dissect that kind of stuff and look at my patterns. And then from there, through Adam's help and through what I had been learning on my own, I decided that I was going to change my story, right? I was going to change the way things were and I was going to be more open-minded. I was going to add more tools to my toolbox. I was going to create healthy habits that I could do, you know, a few a day and that would take me one step closer to reaching my goal and also help me develop a better relationship with food. I also want to give a big shout out to Robert Sykes, aka Keto Savage, as well as Brandon Clark, um, who I've had on my show previously. So make sure you go check out those episodes. But um, in February of this past year, I decided that I needed to kick things up a notch because I was doing really well. Um, Adam had given me a ton of different methods to lose weight. Um, I had done intermittent fasting, calorie cycling, carb cycling, And I was really playing around. I was still tracking my food, which is probably one of the best habits that I've done, which I started doing when I first hired my personal trainer back in the day. So that was something I just continued to do, which I'm really grateful for. Um, But I started to develop these habits. And then 
after I had listened to um, a Keto Savage podcast episode where they talked about addiction uh, with carbs in the same basically bucket as addiction to alcohol or drugs. And what struck me is the doctor that he had on his show said, you wouldn't give an alcoholic two beers a day and expect them to maintain. And when I heard that, I was just like, wow, that I, that resonated with me. That is something that really stuck because it's true, guys. There's, you know, sometimes when you join these really hardcore diets and you don't give yourself any grace or any wiggle room, that's essentially what it's like, right? It's like, here, you can have, you know, two cookies a day. I know you're addicted to sugar, but just have two cookies a day and that's it. Just maintain it, right? And for me as an alcoholic, being told if I could have two beers a day and that's it, not going to happen, right? I would have, I could maybe keep that up for a couple days, but after a while, because it starts that craving and it triggers it, I would just continue to drink. So when I started putting it in that terms, like sugar, I put into that category because, you know, carbs are a dangerous, slippery slope for me. I decided to try Deeper State Keto, which you can find deeperstateketo.com if you're interested. Anyhow, I decided to try it. And since February now, I have not had any sugar and I've lost a total of 31 pounds. And, you know, even though there's been days I've gone over my calories or maybe a little bit higher in my carbs than normal, I still feel really good and I haven't gained any of the weight back. And to be honest, I don't crave that sugar anymore, which is really new for me because um, for me, sugar's always been an issue. Anytime I went out and had a really heavy carb loaded meal, I would always end up kind of snowballing. So I am really grateful for those guys, um, Robert and Brandon, for introducing me to the program. And of course, Adam for giving me the tools and actually, you know, helping me become more open minded when it comes to my health and my nutrition. So as you can see, my health and weight loss journey has been a real process and it's been something that will forever evolve. Um, I, you know, eventually plan to have a meal that includes french fries because I love french fries. They're my fave and pizza, of course, but I'm really trying to be intentional with what I eat now. And frankly, I'm just not ready for that yet. You know, I, I thought about it um, coming up to the book launch but I don't want to mess up what I have going on because I feel really good and I know what it feels like to overdo it. I remember that feeling very clearly the next day having that food hangover and so when I'm ready I'll probably do it. You never know. I'm I'm kind of planning it on July 14th on that book launch day because it is my dad's birthday so it's a very special day. I get to go spend some time with him but um, we'll see how it goes. I'll keep you updated. That's tomorrow by the way. So um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it helps you become more open-minded. Um, like I said, I have the Mindset Roadmap course, which kind of takes you through all the steps that I've gone over in the last year and a half to help me achieve my goals. So I'm going to share that with you. If you buy the book tomorrow, July 14th on Amazon, it's 99 cents for four days. After that, it'll go up slightly. It still won't be super expensive, but um, recommend you buy it then. There is a link in the book that will take you right to that course. And of course, I will have a link on my website as well if you're interested. Two programs, the basic one, as well as one where you get two 60-minute coaching sessions with me. 
And guys, I really hope that, you know, if you're on a transformational journey right now that you keep at it. I have had so many ups and downs in the last, you know, 20 years when it's come to my diet. And even in the last eight, you know, when I finally got a, a clear mind because I am, you know, working on that addictive side of myself, it's still tough. And, you know, it's a daily thing. We just got to keep at it. And if you have a bad day, it's okay. Tomorrow's another day. Just take it fresh. Start over, um, you know, but try not to when you have those times where you feel like you're slipping Try not to make them last too long. Try and, you know, do some positive affirmations and just remember what it feels like when you're doing well and keep that feeling. And until next time, guys, stay safe. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to empower and inspire you to build a firm belief in your own ability to change your life and start achieving your goals. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free consultation call to figure out how you can reach your goals, visit my website at www.theroadtohealth.me and book today. When you're there, make sure you sign up for my five steps to achieving your goals. And until next time, be safe and healthy.